plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. We're back again. It's Wednesday. It's 4 p.m. Pacific, and that means it's Star Style. Be the star you are. Coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. And I am so happy to be with you today because I just finished two months of terracing my hillside with recycled redwood from an old deck. And I really like repurposing and recycling and doing all that. Um, So I am so happy. I also put in 88 steps to get up to my barnyard. Um, it, It was a big job, but boy, it feels so good when you're done. I love it. I love it. Well, we have a great show for you, a lot of information today. Uh, Coming up first in uh, segment one, we're going to talk about how people are migrating and moving, pulling up stakes, moving from their home state, moving to areas that they believe are going to be more affordable or safer or more conducive to their dream lifestyle. Um, In 2021, 23 million people are expected to move to take advantage of new work opportunities from home, but there are some hidden costs of moving, and so we'll talk about what you should look for. Then, with the drought in California, many homeowners are experiencing an invasion of uninvited insects and varmints. They're hungry to eat what's left of our crops, while some of them are dining on us as humans as the main courses. So, We will uh, also talk about what are the beneficial insects and what are the predators and what do you have to look out for. And finally, this is a fun piece because I think we all have junk in our attic or maybe in our closets or a basement or a garage, and that could actually be money-making collectibles. So many things that we might think are worthless could bring you thousands of dollars or at least maybe a few hundred. So we're going to look for what's hot for collectors. And a little secret is if you're a millennial and you grew up in the 80s or 90s, those seem to be the things that are actually the hottest. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, which will be hosting a booth at the 2021 Pear and Wine Festival in Moraga. It is the first festival post-pandemic. It's been two years since there's been um, a festival, and it's going to happen on September 25th. So check out the website, bethestarur.org. If you are in the area, want to volunteer or want to sponsor, shoot us an email, info at bethestarur.org. And this was written by Joel Barker. Those who say it can't be done are usually interrupted by others who are doing it. Uh, And isn't that the truth? I think that we have to all learn to kind of just jump in there and do it and not say I can't. Maybe there's there's no word as I can't. Well, 
it, talking about moving, Americans truly are on the move. So they're pulling up stakes. They're motivated in part by the shift to remote work, which went from being the exception um, pre-pandemic to now it's the rule over the past years. Indeed, there are 14 million to 23 million people who are expected to move in 2021 to take advantage of the new work from home opportunities where you can live in an area that is less expensive and still get your high paycheck from whatever company that you were working for. Now, if you add to that the rising cost of living in many major cities and the heightened risk of climate disaster threatening others, you know, think about all the floods that are happening in Europe, the hurricanes, the fires here on the West Coast. Sometimes moving may become relatively commonplace in the coming years. Let's just hope that we don't have an you know, a catastrophic event across the world because I don't know where we're all going to move. But regardless of whatever your reasons are for moving, you want to do some financial uh, and some tax planning long before you start packing because moving is very stressful without having to encounter hidden costs. And there are always hidden costs. I know um, they say that... I, uh, the, the normal person or the average person, I guess I shouldn't say normal, the average person in America is going to move 11.7 times in his or her lifetime. Now, I don't know if that includes college and moving around for college, but as an adult, I have moved four times. Now, if you count college, then it's many more because I moved from, I moved from California to Holland, Holland to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Hawaii, Hawaii to Bordeaux, France. <laughs> so probably I am at that uh, 11. But, um, but if it's just talking as an adult, I have moved four times. And I want to tell you, I am never moving again. I will be carried out of where I am now because moving is very, very stressful and it's so much work and it's hard on your, your back, your psyche, and it takes months. So anyway, it is very important for you to do your due diligence because you don't want to move and then realize that you have hurt yourself more, with, especially with your finances. So with that in mind, there are four common mistakes to avoid when making your next move. And these four common mistakes are courtesy of Charles Schwab. So the first one would be underestimating housing costs. So housing costs are going to be the core uh, component of anyone's budget. And it's easy enough to plan for your monthly mortgage or your monthly rent payment, which is generally fixed. But there are smaller, more variable housing expenses that can really add up. So you have to investigate these. First of all, homeowner's insurance or rental insurance. As with any type of insurance, premiums will vary by company and coverage. And so it's wise to get multiple quotes before you commit and to ask your agent to walk you through each element to ensure you don't pay for coverage you don't need or overlook coverage you do. Now, for example, in our area right now, uh, California, because of the fires, it is very difficult to even get homeowner's insurance. 
So you have to be really cautious and it's very expensive. Um, I was just reading in the New York Times about some people I know actually in Napa Valley who have vineyards where they're, um, they were able to get insurance, but it was five times their regular amount. And then other places, especially wineries, were told they had to do all this, these different things to mitigate fire damage or, you know, or fire costs, which they did, which cost thousands and thousands of dollars only for them to get a letter saying that they were going to be canceled and then not being able to find insurance. So you have to look into that, if, especially if you're working or going to be moving to a place that has some, um, some climate issues. <laughs> Supplemental insurance. Now, if you are moving to a coastal area that is prone to floods or hurricanes, or as I was just saying, a wildline urban interface zone, which is fires, or areas at the edge of expanding human development that are at greater risk for catastrophic wildfire or other, your uh, mortgage lender may require supplemental coverage in order to fund your loan. And these policies can really, really add up. They can be very hefty. And some insurers have even stopped offering them in certain areas. As I said, uh, we went through that here personally a couple of months ago where the insurance company, even though we haven't had a loss, our insurance company that we've been with for years said that we're in a red fire zone and they are not insuring. They're pulling out of California. So another one is property taxes. Real estate websites often a list of property uh, taxes for the year, uh, year before, you know, the tax assessments. But those taxes might be based on a lower home value than your purchase price. So if you're looking for a realistic estimate, you need to ask your broker how the new city or county determines property taxes and how often it's going to conduct reassessments. And then utilities. Utilities can really vary. Electricity, internet, natural gas, sewer, trash, water, propane, all these costs can add up quickly and they can vary widely by location. So if you'll be moving somewhere with extreme temperatures, for example, how are you gonna uh, cool your home? How are you gonna heat it? All of these can affect your overall costs, um, and that's particularly for larger homes. So taken together, all of these costs can easily account for half or more of your total housing budget. So you have to be realistic when estimating expenses. And you don't want to pay more than 28% of your pre-tax income towards total housing costs. Now, you might have heard that in the Central Valley here, the San Joaquin Valley of California, which provides the majority of our fresh produce for, throughout the whole United States, that water has become an incredible issue. In fact, uh, many homes are now without water. Their wells have run dry. There's no water in the canals. And so I think we can expect that uh, food prices are going to escalate. So, you know, uh, the Central Valley in the past has been a least, I don't want to say least, but a lesser expensive place to live in California. But now there's no water and uh, water's having to be trucked in <laughs> and that, or even just buying bottled water that can get really expensive. So you really have to look at what's going on besides just the cost of your rent or your mortgage. 
The second mistake is underestimating taxes. The tax consequences of moving can really be significant. And that is especially if you're switching states. For example, you might still be on the hook for income, payroll, or property taxes in your formal state if you maintain a home or a business there. And employees who work outside their employer state might also be subject to dual taxation, and that could be permanent. Uh, an example is New York, for one, requires um, anybody who works, uh, remote workers of companies based in the state to pay income tax, even if the employee lives elsewhere. So you better work with a tax advisor to determine whether you need to withhold taxes, pay estimated taxes in multiple states, or um, you might talk to your employer's payroll office to handle any necessary pay, uh, paperwork or to advise you. So you have to consider a state's total tax structure. A state with no income tax might compensate with higher estate property or sales tax. And so also look at how your potential new state taxes, things like dividends, investment income, stop, stock options, all of that. For example, there are nine states, Alaska, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Wyoming. They don't have any income tax, though New Hampshire does tax investment income. And interest income from a municipal bonds is usually exempt from state income taxes for residents. However, you could lose the exemption that you already hold if you relocate to another state. And there are 13 states that collect state income tax on certain recipients' Social Security benefits, like Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, uh, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia. So look into estate taxes. And right now, the federal exemption is currently $11.7 million. Um, and that is going to come down by half starting in 2026, maybe sooner. But some uh, states start the estate taxes at $1 million. The third mistake is underestimating the cost of living. Now, a lot of people assume that their everyday expenses will largely just stay the same, um, and it doesn't matter where they locate, but that's not the case. Even if you're moving to a big city, the differences in costs of living across the state lines can be staggering. For example, childcare. For working parents, the cost of full-time daycare can rival a mortgage payment or your rent payment. And that said, you've got options. You could have an in-home daycare. It could be more affordable than full-service preschool. And both might be less than a nanny, or maybe you can do um, a shared nanny. Healthcare. If your employer offers health insurance, medical expenses may be less of a con uh, consideration for you. But like everything else, costs vary widely by area and provider. So you really want to pay attention to the cost and quality of medical care that you can get. Now, transportation. Beyond the cost of gasoline, which can vary by a dollar or more per gallon, you have to consider the price of car insurance and registration. Like California uh, requires you to pay a one-time sales tax on vehicles purchased out of state within a year of your move. And if you're moving to an area without uh, public transit, 
don't forget to factor in the cost of more regular maintenance on your vehicle. Now, food, this may sound incidental, but the cost of groceries can vary so widely. And I found this just amazing. So a gallon of milk in Hawaii costs $4.69. It only costs 93 cents in Illinois. So if you'll be living in an area with limited agriculture, you have to expect to pay more for fresh fruits and vegetables in particular. And as I said, now that the valley, it doesn't have water and they're having increased costs and a lot of farmers are going to go out of business. We're going to have to look at our food, our, our fresh fruit and vegetables are going to be much more expensive. And then also consider cost and access to non-essential expenses that can enrich your quality of life such as entertainment or travel. How much does it cost to fly from your new home to wherever it is that you want to go, to Europe, to Mexico, to Asia, or even to other um, places, uh, you know, to go visit your family or other states? All of these costs should play a part in your decision-making. And be sure that your combined living, living expenses don't undermine your ability to save for the future. A good rule of thumb is to set aside at least 10% of your income, if not more, for your retirement because it'll get here sooner than you think. And not even moving should get in the way of that goal. The fourth mistake is overestimating job prospects. Now, if you have a job lined up, that's great. But what happens if your company downsizes or you want to change employer or career path or you don't like it working for that? It's always good to plan for changes and be sure to educate yourself about your new state's employment laws, including dependent benefits, discrimination prohibits, prohibit, um, prohibitions, or labor protections. They can all have a significant impact on your situation. So it's good to know your rights before you make the move. And then, of course, more than the money, if your due diligence has you questioning the merits of a move, you could stay put or reassess your goals maybe later on. You have to weigh the trade-offs. Maybe you wait to move, you know, for a few years until you're, you feel comfortable in this job. Or maybe you want to wait if you have kids till they go away to college. Or maybe you just want to settle in your own city or a different neighborhood. You know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. So a move that increases your taxes and overall cost of living can still be worthwhile if it offers you a better quality of life. So just remember, it's not about the money. It really is about quality of life. So plan, have foresight, and think about it before you move. Now, the, just a couple things of statistics. 19.7% of people who do move do so for job-related reasons. And 3 million people make um, go uh, interstate a move every year. And the average cost of a move is almost $5,000. And that's if you are paying for it by yourself. So that's actually a statistic from American Moving and Storage Association from the New York Times. So that is um, what we're talking about with people migrating and are going to different states. So when we come back from break, we're going to bug out. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be right back after the break. Follow 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Okay, so we're having a July power party, and now we're going to go into the garden because um, I don't know about you, but when the summer months hit, usually pretty much in most parts of the country, the bugs decide to come out. And with the drought, so many people are experiencing an invasion of uninvaded insects. And of course, if you're in a flood zone or hurricane area, area, you're probably also getting varmints hungry to eat what's left out or sometimes just dining on you as the main course. So although many of the insects and such as lady beetles and ground beetles and lace wings and praying mantis and uh, predatory nematodes that visit our gardens are what's called beneficial biologicals, the ones that we want to bug out are the actual bugs, the um, arachnids, the arthropods, and other species that bother, interfere, destroy, and traumatize. So first, we'll talk about ants. Ants are actually dining on the sweet honeydew that is made by mealybugs and aphids. If you find ants in your garden, that's what they're dining on. And although some species of ants feed on soft plant tissue or seeds, you'll usually find ants crawling up and down plants where they are herding colonies of aphids or mealybugs. Now, I have always grown artichokes and I love them. But if you grow artichokes, you might witness ants infesting the chokes. What happens is armies of ants just crawl up, you know, they're going up and down and you're thinking, why are ants on here? And if you look closely, you will see that your artichoke plant is covered with aphids. So also, um, if, uh, if you leave anything out on your kitchen counter, 
Summer is a screamable time because you might wake up in the morning with an army of ants on your kitchen counter. So what can you do that you, if you want to just try to be natural and organic? You can make a tea of cayenne pepper, lemon rind, mint, rosemary, and clove. Shake it all up. Put it in a spray bottle. You can spray it on the soil and you can also use it in your kitchen and on your counter. And it does definitely work. And the cloves make it smell good. The lemon rind makes it smell good. The other thing I've done in the past too is I've just squeezed lemon juice um, on to that, you know, that whole line of ants and that seems to get rid of them as well. But try that, okay, cayenne pepper, lemon rind, mint, rosemary, and cloves all mashed up together and shaken up. Oh, and you, you add it to water, of course, okay, otherwise it wouldn't make a tea. Fruit flies. Fruit flies are another just a really annoying pest. Stone fruits, which are ripe now, like apricots, peaches, plums, prunes, nectarines, they are so delicious um, at the moment. However, whether you buy them at the farmer's market or grow them in your backyard, if you leave them out in a bowl, fruit flies just appear. Now, the eggs could be already on the fruit, or the flies could be flying in through an open window or a door. But fruit flies are just a nuisance. And they're doing little harm except being annoying. So keep your compost bucket outside and make sure you keep it covered during the summer months. And if fruit flies are bothering you indoors, what you can do is add vinegar, wine, and a piece of any fruit to a bowl. You can cover that tightly with foil and then punch holes in the foil and then watch the fruit flies drown. I know that's being mean, but I don't like fruit flies so I, and I don't want them on my fruit. So again, what you can do is just put some vinegar, wine, and any piece of fruit in a bowl, cover it tightly with foil, punch holes in the foil, and then they will drown. Ticks. Now, Ticks, uh, I don't know why it is, but ticks really, really do jump off of the plants. And I have had to have um, emergency kind of surgeries, small surgeries, but I've ended up in emergency rooms and had to have surgery several times because um, of ticks lodging usually in my neck near an artery. Now, they don't do damage to your garden. But they will cost you a trip to the emergency room. The ticks attach themselves to the fur and feathers of animals and birds. And often they just reside on grasses or brush. And then they hop onto a warm-blooded creature where they think their dinner awaits. As if you're a gardener or a hiker or an animal lover, ticks are going to be a common problem. So you'll have to wear long, uh, long sleeves. Remove your clothing, wash your hair after being outdoors. It might help in the prevention of tick bites. However, because of the possibility of Lyme disease, severe re allergic reactions, and all other diseases that ticks carry, which are numerous, you should see a medical professional immediately if you get bit. If you remove the tick, you want to try to save it in a jar for identification. And it's really important that you get the whole tick out and you don't want to twist it if you are going to remove it. Now, if, if you get a tick in a place that's easily removable, 
Uh, you could try to do it yourself. Um, the medical information says that if you can remove the tick within 24 hours, you are usually pretty safe from contracting one of the many, many diseases that ticks carry. But if you can't get it out, or if it's in an area like your neck, uh, or again, someplace where there's a vein and you could do more damage, it is best to go to the emergency room or call your, um, your healthcare provider to see if they can remove the tick for you. But I, one of the things I've told you about this before, and I'm not trying to uh, give a commercial, but I found it to work. I now buy my garden clothing or clothing if I'm going to be hiking or out in the woods or just in my own garden, because that's where I've gotten all my tick bites or in my own property, is I buy um, a scarf and clothing from Insect Shield because this is a company that uh, creates their clothing and it's not expensive worth permethrin, which is what is used by... Um, like the army, et cetera, for um, when, they're, the, when the troops are in tropical areas or areas where there are all kinds of dangerous bugs. So um, since I've been wearing this scarf around my neck at all times and wearing this other clothing, I don't get bit by ticks or mosquitoes or other bugs. Now, we'll talk about the mosquitoes. They are those, you know, buzzing bloodsuckers they are just tiny vampires and they wreak havoc on humans. And they are actually considered public enemy number one in the fight against global infectious diseases because mosquitoes kill more humans than any other living organism in the world. And interestingly, it's only the female that has the mouth parts to suck our blood and they home in on exhaled carbon dioxide, certain body odors, heat and movement. So the itchiness you feel after a bite is actually an allergic reaction to their saliva. The only good news about these vectors is that birds, frogs, bats, turtles, dragonflies eat them in the garden. But any empty, uh, any standing water needs to be emptied because they uh, just breed rapidly. If you're going to be outdoors, you need to slather on the DEET or you can plug in a large fan to blow them away. Um, planting citronella on the patio may help, but there's not a whole lot of research that says that the citronella candles are actually going to work. But uh, mosquitoes are can can be deadly the, with the different viruses that they they take. So you know, I either get some clothing or get some permethrin and spray it on your clothing, or just slather on the DEET. Because you really can't be outside for a barbecue or, you know, a cocktail or anything as soon as the dusk happens because of the mosquitoes. Now, aphids, these true bugs, they are true bugs. They plunture uh, plant tissue and then they suck the juice um, and they can attack our peppers, our tomatoes, our cucumbers, our carrots and uh, many, many flowering plants. They prefer to unwind um, in a garden and often are herded by the ants, as I said previously. Overfeeding with nitrogen encourages aphid infestation because they eat the new growth and aphids multiply rapidly. So 
Spray with water mixed with dishwashing detergent and use row covers on crops. If you have a potted plant and you see aphids on it, you can just go out with a bottle of uh, water mixed with dishwashing detergent and spray it down. Or you can try first using a very, uh, you know, uh, what is it like? Not a power washer, but you know, the thing that you hook onto the end of a hose that makes the water pressure higher. You can try spraying with that. But what happens with the dishwashing detergent, it actually coats them and you just see them die immediately. Now, earwigs, it is a myth that the name was derived because these pinchers drilled into the ears of sleeping humans and burrowed into their brains. Um, earwigs are omnivores and they tunnel into fruit and bulbs as well as dine on lettuce, potatoes, roses, zinnias, artichokes, corn, and other plants. So you can make traps out of small cardboard boxes and you can just bait it with a piece of meat and oil. They'll hide at night and you can just get them in the morning. Now, despite nibbling on the plants, they actually are a help to gardeners because they do devour other predatory insects. But if you see a lot of earwigs, you do want to get rid of them. Now, here in California, because the drought is a reality, we can just expect more intruders into our landscape that are going to pillage and bite and suck. So we have to get creative with our natural tonics and use our imagination to keep the stinging, the nibbling, and the gnawing at bay. Now, other things that um, are really get prolific during the summer months are rats, mice, gophers, and moles. So I'm hoping that if you have a garden, you have some gopher snakes. And many people are afraid of snakes, but if you see gopher snakes in, or any snakes, um, I mean, we don't like rattlers here in the West because they, they are poisonous but they usually do rattle and let you know they're there. But all snakes do feed on rodents. Um, the other thing that really feeds on rodents are, are um, raptors. So if you have hawks, they are going to go after the rodents. So, and also uh, bats are just really, really incredible at getting the bad, bad um insects that are in our garden and the other thing that feeds on rodents are owls so if you're lucky enough to hear the hooting of an owl at night you can know that your landscape is being protected in some way because the owls are out there patrolling so snakes raptors bats and owls are all good things for our gardens. And I know that if you have a swimming pool and you go out at night, sometimes you're gonna see the bats just scooping down and kind of skimming the top of the pool. And it gives you the, the heebie-jeebies because you always people always think of bats as being vampires. But the reality is, is that the bats are good. You don't want the bats to bite you, but they're not hunting for you. So they're just going after the insects. Well, enjoy all the coming attractions of summer and let's try to keep the, um, the bugs away. So happy gardening and happy growing. And I'll be back in a bit 
with more. And we're going to talk about cleaning out our closets, basement, garage, attic, and try to find some collectibles that could be really fun and maybe would help you actually make a little bit of money. You're listening to Cynthia Bryant. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. So please stay with me. I like having you on the air with me. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to increase innovation? Creativity thrives in a company where management encourages people to express ideas. So to stimulate motivation, you may want to invite faculty members from local universities or to speak if you're doing anything in person about the frontiers of knowledge in their respective fields or now with the pandemic to organize some Zoom uh, seminars. You can sponsor these seminars and classes that are going to spark ideas in the minds of your team. Or you can send employees to virtual conferences or encourage them to attend industry association meetings virtually at this time or when we get back to more in-person things to go in person. When people are tuned into what's happening beyond the scope of their own company policies, innovation soars and new opportunities and solutions to problems occur. So by growing the minds of your people, you will grow your company. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, now this is really the party part of, because this is what is fun. If you have things that, you know how, you know, if you have that old computer and you decide, oh, I'm just going to put it up in the attic or I'm going to put it in the basement because maybe I'll use it again. And then 20 years go by and that computer is still there. Or you have um, a game that you maybe played as, you know, as a teen and you outgrew it, but you liked it. So your mom put it away. 
you know, you don't want to overlook these items because when you're cleaning out your closet uh, this summer or anytime, you might wonder why you kept a copy of a certain album or whatever it is. If you have, for example, if you have um, the White Album that was released in 1968 by the Beatles, um, it could be worth a lot of money. If your copy is scratched and it has, you know, it's the cover is mashed up, you might wonder, is it is it valuable at all? Well, it could be. If you have the first copy of the album pressed, that was formerly owned by Ringo Starr, which you probably don't have, but that actually sold for $790,000 in 2015. $790,000. Even if it's not in good condition, that album is still probably worth at least $70 or $80. So you don't really know what you have, but let's talk about some of the different things. There was um, a person in uh, North Carolina who looked in an old lunchbox that had been passed down to him from his great uncle to his father. And when he opened it up, inside was a 1910 baseball card of Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was a legendary hitter, and his name was forever tarred by the 1919 fixing of the World Series. But that card sold for $492,000 at an auction last year in May 2020. Um, and that was at Heritage Auctions, which that is a good place. Heritage Auction site, if you think you might have something, they actually have people that uh, can value it for you. So here are the top, um, some of the top hottest collectibles that you might find that you might actually have. So action figures. You know, as little kids, you've probably played with action figures. And Maybe now that you're grown up, maybe you want to collect them. So a Star Wars, the Boba Fett, the rocket firing prototype figure from 1979. In September of 2020, that one action fetched $62,239. An X-Men Magneto figure from, 2000, uh, yeah, from 2015 sold for $2,700 in April. And that's according to WorthPoint. Now, that is a site that records prizes uh, for collectibles. So you can go to WorthPoint and kind of see what your things are about. Barbies. Now, Barbie first made her appearance in March 1959. And Barbie has always been a very sought-after collectible. Now, um, Mattel's popular plastic dolls, they've kind of, you know, gone down in recent years. But some models still get the big bucks. Now, the, the 1959 brunette bottle, Barbie, if you had it in its original box, but I mean, how many people saved the original box? It sold just this past February on eBay for $9,500. A 1964 set of Barbie, Ken, and Midge. I don't remember Midge doll, never had one. I had a Barbie, my sister had a Ken, we only had one. But anyway, that went for $3,000 in January of this year. And I don't think that was even in the box. Now, um, uh, there was a 
um, Barbie Dia de Muertos, the Day of the Dead doll. And this is a 2019, so it's only two years old. But that Barbie, the Day of the Dead Barbie, sold for $599, almost $600, just this past April. So you want to go to these collector sites, Worth Point, Heritage Auctions, check it out. Baseball cards. A lot of people save baseball cards. Now, I did not throw out any of my kids' baseball cards. I know that my husband used to collect baseball cards when he was a kid, but he doesn't have any. His mom did throw them out. So you don't want to be that mom that throws them out. Some cards, even cards from 1985 to 1995 that were called the junk wax period when that card industry pumped out millions and millions of cards that anybody wanted, they're now valuable. So a 1989 rookie card for Ken Griffey Jr. sold for $1,400 just in 2020. That was nearly double its price from a year ago. Now, the holy grail of baseball cards, Mickey Mantle, the 1952 card, last sold, oh my gosh, if you had a 1952 Mickey Mantle, it last sold for $2.8 million. There are only three left in perfect condition that anybody knows about. Now, one reason is because, guess what? You might have been one of these kids. A lot of kids stuck their baseball cards in their bike spokes to make noise. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, you put them with, you put a baseball card in your spokes, I think with a, with a, um, what was it? Like a clip. Um, that you would hang your laundry on, what were those called? And baseball cards aren't the only valuable trading cards. Um, a 1979 Wayne Gretzky hockey card sold for $100,000 in November 2020. And a rookie card for quarterback Tom Brady is fetching more than $11,000 right now. So you might want to look through your cards, see if you have any of these cards of people who have now become famous. Now, um, rather than try and sell your, you know, 2001 Chevy as an antique, you might want to sell some of the old signs in your garage or on your deck if you have ads for autos or auto services. If you had a 1939 Greyhound bus sign, that sold for $2,200 in February. A 1953 mobile Pegasus sign sold for $426 in February. And an Indian motorcycle sign sold for 120 just this last May. So it's so interesting, all of those things that um, you think might be, you know, not valuable at all. They really are. Now, comic books, that's another big, big, big one these days. Comic book collectors, they just go crazy over owning a 1962 Amazing Fantasy number 15, where Spider-Man made his first appearance. Or the June 1938 Action Comics number one, where Superman first took flight. Both of those two sell for millions and millions. I don't have the exact number. Now, more recent comic books also fetch a decent price if they're in good shape. So you can even buy them professionally graded for condition and enshrined in plastic for protection. Now, this will make Josh, my engineer, happy. <laughs> in May, a signed copy of Spider-Man number 300 from 1988 sold for $10,000. And why? It was the first appearance of Spider-Man's nemesis, Venom. 
which is a new movie. <laughs> furniture. The obvious problem with selling furniture is that someone has to haul it to its new destination. But nevertheless, people need furniture. And whether it is vintage um, or it is Danish modern, you can get a lot of money for your different furniture. Now, Scandinavian modern has been coveted by buyers for a lot, you know, for quite a few years now. But um, you might want to take some a diverse approach to decorating these days because being more elected, uh, you might be able to get, you know, different chairs and all these different things. So you can check eBay, um, Amazon, or even just like Goodwill and all those places if you're looking for some of those. If you're looking at auction houses, you might be paying some big bucks. Now, if you have other sports memorabilia, you can't go wrong with anything from Michael Jordan, of course. Um, a baseball that was signed by the basketball star sold for $325 in April 2020. Most signed baseballs are worth something, as well as signed bats and bobbleheads. If you have a signed football, those are good, too. And... Um, Babe Ruth once signed a dumbbell for a fan, and that sold for $8,000 in 2014. I know my son had a few basketballs signed by um, different people, but then he played with them. So I don't think that um, those are valuable anymore. Posters. The value of a poster depends on how famous the event and how much it means to you. If you have any Posters like from Fillmore West or from Avalon Ballroom, you know, or some that feature the Grateful Dead or Santana or Credence Clearwater or Tower of Power. Um, you might, if you, especially if you have uh, one of the first printings, you might want to go to Wolfgang's Vault um, because a first printing could sell for about $1,200 and then maybe a third printing about $40. An original Wizard of Oz movie poster sold for $108,000 in 2019. Tools are another thing. Vintage tools. If you have any vintage tools, you can get some big money for a machinist toolbox or um, all different kinds of tools. So just remember, what makes a collectible valuable? It's in the eye of the beholder. Condition is also important. So if you have a Donkey Kong three cartridge it could be valuable so just check out check out your attic and check out your uh, closet and see what you have there are fan clubs and tool collectors there's heritage auctions there's Sotheby auction house and of course there's worth point um, they have a database they do charge 39.99 a month but don't just because you think something's worth 50, it's not worth selling. Remember, it is money. So thank you so much for being with me this Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on the Voice America Network while we are coming to you live on the Empowerment Channel. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we hope that you will be with us every single week because um, every week we try to bring you something new and new information. Also, check out our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio. It airs here on the Empowerment Channel Sundays at 3 p.m. We always have guests, and we have some new, exciting reporters and hosts. And there we are continuing with um, 
our pandemic coverage by bringing artists and authors um, and different entrepreneurs onto the show so that you can get informed and motivated. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit bethestarur.org, bethestarur.org. To more, find out more information about me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, CynthiaBryan.com. And we hope that when you go to the charity site, you might think about making a donation or consider sponsoring our upcoming um, Pear Festival. We will give you plenty of promotion. My aim is always to encourage you and inspire you and motivate you, amuse you. We want you to think beyond your physical being. Know that you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And since it's summer, pick up a book. Summer reading is important. Uh, Reading anytime is important. And at um, our website right now, starstylestore.net, we have big discounts on our different books and you get lots of extra goodies. So check that out. Well, until we celebrate next week, next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Make it a wonderful week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and be here. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. you